Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm Alice Stockton-Rossini. Join us here every Saturday night at 8 o'clock, or listen to our podcast anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, just to name a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. An orphan in her homeland of Cameroon, Dr. Vicki Dubois immigrated to America as a teenager and not only lives the American dream, she is giving back in a big way, but her journey was far from easy. Hence the name of her book, Art of Storm. I'm a medical provider uh, and nurse practitioner. I do have my own clinic, my medical clinic. I see clients, uh, internal medicine. I also do psychiatry. This is your family history, this book. Yeah, this book is, yeah, it's about uh, uh, my autobiography. It talks about what I've been through as a child, me and my family, and also what I've been through in America as an immigrant, all the challenges that I face. Good timing on that. Yeah. It really make me write this book. Uh, when I lost my mother at a very young age, I age nine, it was really hard for me to accept the reality. So I started facing multiple storms. It was really painful, very traumatizing, not having my mom beside me. And it even got worse after my dad also died a few years after her death. So when my father died is when I started taking writing very seriously. So when I was writing, it really helped me deal with the pain. And I really want people to know my story, especially often an immigrant. So you were pretty young when you started writing this? Yeah, when my dad, after nine, I started drafting. When my mom died after nine, I started writing on a piece of paper. I started writing like in journals and stuff like that. Yeah. My great-grandfather came first. He was captured as a young boy in the village as a, and was sold to America as a slave. So he came to America first, my great-grandfather. After that, he went back after the, the slave has been abolished. He was able to get back to Cameroon and have my grandfather. And then my grandfather had my mom. The rest of my family came over just recently, 22 years ago. Me and my brother came, yeah. And you were able to go to medical school and do some amazing things. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was not easy. It was uh it was really hard, especially coming from a country where I can't speak the language. I came from the French speaking background. So the the bully, the 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 it was really hard, but I was able to pay, to be really persistent. Of my life, the tribe and tribulation I faced in Cameroon as an orphans and Everything I've been through in America as an immigrant, the bully I faced in high school. And the book begins with the story of my great-grandfather who was captured in Cameroon as a young boy and was sold as a slave in America. It is also about me and my siblings' life when we grew up in the barrack with a father who was in the military and the war that was going on in Cameroon at that time. What was it like when you came here? Uh, when I came here, it was it was a, a culture shock. Uh, the first impression that I had in my mind, I was so pleased to see the place where my great grandfather labor as a slave, and I thought 
all my worry was over, that life was gonna be like a, a dream without knowing like it was the beginning of, of all the strong storms. So there was, there was some time that I didn't have a place to sleep when I couldn't afford the rent because I was sharing rent and in the, in the, they have like room where like I was renting a home in a in a building I we were sharing so at some point I didn't have money to pay my rent and I have to find myself on the street I was sleeping on my classmates couch and sometime on the street until I can raise some money to get back to the apartment so some of those moments where did you wind up when you came from Cameroon? When I came, I lined up in, in New Jersey. Did you start to go to school? Uh, when I came in New Jersey, yeah, I went to school right away. I didn't want to waste the time. Uh, I started high school that same year. I came in October in the summer, and I started school in September. I mean, that September. And I was uh, sharing an apartment. It was a, a family house. I was like contributed rent. I started braiding. I started braiding hair. Okay. I started. I got a job in the braiding shop because I started braiding when I was uh, since I was seven. In Africa, that's something that young girls learn easily. So with the braiding, I was able to raise money. Right. That's how I was able to survive, to get a place to stay, and to be able to pay my bills while in school. Yeah. Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to Central High School in Newark. In Newark. Okay. Yeah. So you were able to find some community there, right? Yes, I was able to find some community. Lucky me, I ended up finding like an African community. And I met that woman that was, uh, lucky me, she was speaking French. And then she took me to that building. And she was having, she had like a, a two-bedroom apartment. It was one-bedroom apartment, but she had me get a place like sleeping in the living room, I was contributed $300 every month. Wow. So how did you wind up going to college? Uh, I got like a scholarship because I had really good grades. Uh, because when I started high school in Central High School, they told me that I was so strong in math and English. I'm not, I was very strong in science and math, but English was the, the only subject that I was struggling with. Uh, with and I was in ESL classes, but they had me to take the DE because they didn't want me to waste the time in Central High School. I was really good in chemistry, physics, and everything else. So I took the GEG. I scored really well in the GEG, and they they had me apply to college. And I did apply to Borut of Manhattan Community College in New York, right. where I got accepted with a, scho a good scholarship. That's amazing. And that's how I ended up uh, uh, in New York doing my study. And then where did you end up going to medical school? Uh, I'm a medical provider and family nurse practitioner. Okay. So the field is a little confusing. So we... In order to become a nurse practitioner, you have to get your B, your bachelor in science, right. become registered nurse, and then after that, I went to got my master in in, in nursing. I become a, a family nurse practitioner. I started practicing as a medical provider, and then after that, I went and got my my doctorate degree in nurse practitioner, and I end up opening my own clinic where I see my own patients working independently. 
You are really a success story. Why Why the title Art of Storm? Uh, Art of Storm is because it reflects all the storm, the difficulty, the pain, the trauma I've been through. Because it's like since I was born, from the time that my mother died, life has only shown me storms after a storm. So at some point, I when I think the storm is over, another storm will come in. My father will also die. And when I was like, oh, I'm going to America, thinking the storm is over, what a minute, it's the beginning of another storm. The 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 the, the bully, you know, the, the, the racism, the the fact that the culture shocked, trying to belong and all that. So yeah, that's why I pick out of storm as the title of the book. Were you just determined to overcome whatever happened to you? Uh, I think the, the, the way that I overcome the storm was uh, knowing that I come in from a, a very poor background, a place, a third a tall world country that was my strength. Because for me, it was a place of no return. I have to make it happen. And I know I was in the land of opportunity, a land that you would reap what you sow. So that really motivated me because I come from a country where even with a doctorate degree, people with a doctorate degree will not, after graduating, they will not have a, a job. They will end up selling, you know, tomatoes on the street. They will end up being useless right. without, with all those degrees. And uh, I was like, this is the, the time for me to take advantage and on this land that have all opportunity. That's why no matter what, despite the tribe, the, the, the difficulty, I never gave up. I keep telling myself that, no, I'm going to go through this. After graduating, I will be able to put food on the table and be able to live the American dream I always wanted. And especially being able to live the dream that my great grandfather was not able to live in America. So, wow. and also my great grandfather was my strong motivation with what he endured in America as a slave. That really motivated me. At some point, I was just think about him, talking to him. Here I am at the land where you live, or please, you know, be my strength. So, those things really motivate me. And I think many immigrants like me, like other culture, other immigrants that come, Mm-hmm. They have the the fact that they come to a third world country, a place that the government had destroyed the country. There's no future for young people. The fact that they found themselves here in America, it's a it's a strong it's a urge to make them succeed no matter what. Because they know that if I don't make it in America, that means I will not make it at all. Because I'm in the land of opportunity, a land that everyone can make his dream come true. Wow. You are amazing. And you're such, you know, you only make America better. You've brought your talents with you. You brought your brains with you. You Now now you're helping other people. Now you're a doctor. Who do you want to read this book? How are you promoting your book? Uh, Yes, I'm having a book signing event coming up in April 22nd at the Washington Public Library in Hagerstown, Maryland from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Great. You feel confident? Yeah, I feel I feel very confident. I am very thrilled. 
to finally have my story out there and to know that people are reading it. And I'm also really happy to know that my book is the is a voice to many orphans and immigrants out there and that other people with similar experience will feel seen. Uh, it, it also really inspired me to write more books in the future. Okay. And, and also uh, something really important, the proceeds of this book, Arrowstorm, uh, will be given to the Kemo and Gofa Foundation. It is a nonprofit organization that I founded last year in order to support orphans all over Africa and also build an orphanage. So any revenue from this book will be supporting this cause. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, you're a real success story. Did you get married and have kids and all that stuff? Yes, I am married. Uh, I've been married for 15 years with four kids. Wow. You're amazing. Vicki, thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, me too. If you believe it's not how you fall, it's how you get up. You'll want to hear more about The Warrior Within, written by Nikki's dad, a former U.S. Marine who made some decisions he regretted and decided it was time to take stock of his life and decide what he really wanted. When did you start writing? Actually, it came up during the pandemic in 2021. There were things that I was doing. The um, little bits and pieces were coming together. I didn't realize it at the time. And um, about back in May of 2021, um, a couple things. Molly Sandian, who is a Swedish singer, inspired me ultimately. I had seen uh, a video of her, a video of uh, my hometown, Husavik, my hometown, in the studio and I was just blown away by her physical beauty and her, her strength of her voice and everything else. And then I had seen her perform uh, later April in the pre-show for the Oscar Oscars and the Northern Lights in the background with the children of Husevik and things like that. It was amazing to me. And it's like, oh man. And then a couple of days later, she had given an interview about her story, but it was all in Swedish and I don't speak Swedish. <laughs> But I could tell there was a strength and um, uh, an integrity there, an honesty. And that was something I really admired. So I wrote her a letter. Well, that letter became a roadmap to me writing my own story, which became The Warrior Within. Did she answer yeah. you? No, no. Oh, <laughs> but that okay. wasn't really, yeah, that really wasn't part of the equation. I was just better for having written it. Um, in my second book, which is also out now, Dear Molly, I kind of go into the other elements that were happening that year that also were inspirational. But by far, Molly was the biggest And each now. I still write a little bit here and there when the when the moment hits me and I'll have a little picture of her up or a um, and her music in the background. And it's just like I'm talking to a friend when I'm writing. So it just seems like really just a, a really well-balanced and just a friendly conversation, even though I'm not speaking out loud and everything else. But So what's the story about? Well, the, the Warrior Within is really my story, the things that had shaped me, um, the events that I had gone through in the last decade. Because um, it started around 2012, people and places and things had tested me um, and it rocked me to my core. People had hurt me that I never thought would. And so when I look back on all of it, I started writing down and just looking at an analysis of the things that, why did I feel this way? Why did I feel that way? So writing it was therapeutic. And initially it began because I didn't want to, I didn't think I would have the emotional strength to tell a significant other about these events again. 
Um, I had done that before and it had come back to blow up in my face to a degree. So I figured, well, let's have it written down. And then a couple months into it, a couple people that I was sharing stories with as I was driving for Uber um, had said, you need to write a story. You need to write a book. And one time it just hit and I'm like, okay, so I'll make this a book. Um, and I delved into really um, the things that I had found and come to learn about and even delving into, you know, the social media technology platforms that we have. We can use that for good or evil, depending on what your purpose is. And really then, especially within the political nature of our country, you know, there's people that are, do not have your interest at heart. They'll, they're going to say one thing and do another, and that's just politics. But it's when you become immune to it, when you understand the manipulation, sometimes we do that to ourselves. When you understand and you're honest with yourself, when you're looking at your reflection, um, you can prevent it from impacting you going forward. You don't respond the way you would or you don't respond the way a politician or a friend who really isn't a friend would like you to because all they want to do is keep you down what kinds of things happen to you can you be more specific um let's see here. i mean it's in the book right so give me an example yeah yeah there are, yeah there are other things my wife at the time um you know she was not backing me up she was kind of throwing me under the bus we had kind of lost that energy connection of being in love and I was working and trying to figure out what was going on, what could I do, et cetera. And she had kind of already checked out. Uh, we were in marriage counseling, but she was already seeing somebody else. Um, things of that nature. And then just family who had kind of uh, assumed things about me, but never asked about me. Um, it, it was along those lines that really kind of just hurt. But I didn't let it detract away from what I was trying to accomplish. Because in doing this stuff, I really was able to help find who I was and who I wanted to be and who I would want to continue to be. Okay. So this, so it was basically your relationship with your now ex-wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How did your friends, did your friends that, that you had together play a role in that? Did they treat you differently? Well, they weren't really friends in the truest sense, they really had their sides. Um, I, I have a small circle of friends as I feel I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. It's really the quality of the individuals, but there were people that were manipulating her and using her for her money and things that she would do. And she always thought that she could solve problems by throwing money at it. And you really can't. So, and there's only so much that you can do um, in that relationship where you try and stop it from happening and again, they keep going down this path and you can't follow them. You've got to let them go. Um, and that's kind of how it really kind of transcended. So this is your life story. Today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. And how, now this is this is the warrior within is the first of two books. Yes. OK. It was my first one. OK. So how do we wind up this book? Like what? what's. Well, it really. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, just looking like, what is your purpose here? I know, I know your purpose in writing is therapeutic and getting through it and seeing things more clearly, but for the reader. For the reader, it's really about defining who you want to be. Who are you? Who are you going to be? And how will you act going forward? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's meant to be perfect. That's not the question. And we can all change. We're going to grow. We're going to learn things. But ultimately, we have to make our, our stance on who we're going to be uh, in this world. Um, again, nobody's going to be perfect. 
but the reader has to make that choice for themselves. This is how I did this. This is who I choose to be. Um, I talk about loss in the book. I talk about the love, talk a lot of different things. And really, you have a lot of people that are going to manipulate you. Politicians are notorious for this. Um, We want to solve problems, but we've got to be brutally honest, whether it's a personal, professional problem or whether it's problems in our country. um, We have got to be brutally honest with the reflection we see in the mirror. There are many ways to get to the overall goal. It's about discussing these things. But ultimately, each in, each one of us as an individual has to make that decision of who we want to be and how we want to live our lives. Because no matter w- what your bank account says, no matter how many friends you have on Facebook, the only thing you're taking with you when you leave this world is what you have packed inside your heart. So pack it with as much love, light, and energy as you can. That's beautiful. It's so hard to do that, though. It's so hard. It is. Well, it's easier said than done. And that's one of the problems with it all. So, and uh, again, this was a spiritual journey for me in trying to find that path. And again, in in the book itself, there was a a moment in my struggle with all of this that I turned, I had asked that question out loud. What the hell did I do? What did I, what happened? Why am I going through this? Where is God in this? And as I was asking that question, I had turned and looked on the wall in my dining room and I had seen a face on the wall from something that had happened earlier. I had done some, uh, not so much painting, but removing some pictures and pasting, you know, uh, putting that little caulking into the holes and everything else and sanding, and I didn't realize it. But when I turned and asked that question, I had seen an image right over this little saying that I have. You hear that saying, live every moment, or live, laugh, love, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Well, that face was right over, it said, live every moment. Hmm. And when I saw that, it was like, what? I got my answer. So that continued me on my spiritual path. That's, uh, that's amazing. Like I had written, I'll say four impassioned letters to family and friends. Well, three of them were to family and friends. And I felt like there was a hand on my shoulder as I was writing them. But you know, you can't wake somebody up who's pretending to be asleep. Um, and it wasn't like anybody was going to have an epiphany from the things I wrote. But when I realized in writing them was I was helping to describe and define who I am, who I will continue to be. Um, and if my words and actions are not in harmony, then you as my family or friend, you should say something to me about it. Let's have a discussion about it. But um, yeah, each of these letters, it was somebody's hand on my shoulder. So it wasn't like I was in, you know, speaking in tongues or anything right. like that. Right. So, did, did you ever feel people were judging you? There were some criticisms, but when I looked at why they were trying to do that, um, that was because they wanted to bring me down. Um, I've always said, and I even think I have to say this in the book, evil can be used for a divine purpose. And um, sometimes it strengthens our metal. When someone questions or challenges your faith or your beliefs, you don't have to take offense to that. You can ask yourself, well, is this what I truly believe? Why do I believe this? It can actually strengthen it by someone questioning it. Now, some are going to do it just because you're in a better position than they are. They can't reach your level. Um, You're shining brighter as a person or as a soul. Um, And again, it doesn't matter what your bank account is. You're just happier person. So they're going to try and bring you down. But when we're challenged like that, it can test us and strengthen our resolve and courage, give us an internal strength that continues to move forward. I don't have to prove I'm right. I don't need you to believe the way I do. This is really about me. And 
every individual takes that path. They have to define who they are, who they're going to be, how they want to be. And it's not going to be perfect every single day. Right, right. Now, it, it seems to me your family, your friends all know about these books. The close ones do, yes. Well, you know, I'm wondering, so what do you, are, are you interested in selling these books? Are you, I mean, you could be a great help to people who are struggling yeah. in similar situations. So, you know, and mm -hmm. it's always, you know, getting the book out there. I, that A lot of my discussions with every author are getting yes. it out there. You know, any thoughts on that? Well, it is getting it out there. And th there's a line that I put in the letter uh, later in the second one to, to Molly that I wrote in there that I have um, I have friends who are family and unfortunately family who aren't really friends. And as I've written and or as I've gone along this path so far, the people that I've come across, strangers, even some friends, et cetera, when I, we would have a conversation, when I strike up a conversation with a stranger who might be struggling with something and I can relate something in my own uh, experiences to what they're going through and what helped me. And I write about that more in the second book, Dear Molly, um, that that's helped them. It helps them get through the moment. It doesn't solve the problem, right. but it does help them move forward. And again, it's, it's really about one step forward. Um, a lot of times we tend to focus on the mountaintop instead of just the next step. Right. And that's a self-defeating purpose. We just got to focus on the next step. Right. We seem to have gotten away from society of listening to people with experiences greater than our own. And that can come from someone who's an elder in their 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever age or like that. And it can also come from a five-year-old. Mm, true. Because they see the world with, with open eyes and society, you know, whatever that means, hasn't um, diminished their, their eyesight. Yeah, there's it. no prejudice. I mean, there's no, it's exactly. pure, 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 exactly. pure, pure. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting so. stuff. Very interesting stuff. So nice to talk to you. So nice to meet you. Yep, same here. I, I hope <laughs> you found what you're looking for, or you're at least on that path. I have. Um, and we'll just see where it takes okay. me. Okay. I'm, I'm open to pretty much anything. So that's, that's what I want to do. All right, good luck. And it's been an interesting journey for Sheridine Abdeen that began with publication of her first book years ago to her latest entitled Bergelinda's Journey, The Study of Echo. Now, how long have you been writing? Um, since I was 18, I actually write poetry. I published my first book. It's called A Talent Discovered Poetry Around and Within by Sheridine Micklewhite. And when did you publish that? Back in 1988, I believe, 1988, many years ago. Wow. Yeah. I, those books I, I found in colleges across the U.S., which was really weird because I, I moved from the Bahamas like um, well over 33, 34 years ago. And um, I hadn't even known what happened to that contract and. I, I was just looking to see what it is I did, and I found them in colleges across the U.S. So I'm like, wow. And you had no idea that they were being read by college students? No, I didn't know until I found them in a few colleges and libraries. And I'm like, that's weird. I, I, the contract, because I went once I left the Bahamas, 
because I wrote it. I had a contract. They were paying me. I left. I got remarried. I lost track of the company. What happened? I don't even know if I have monies out here, to be honest. That's my thought. I wonder if they made money off of you that you didn't even know about. They did because they used to send me a check. But once I moved, I just lost track. I got married and, and I stopped writing for about 10 years. And then I one day I, I decided, let me look up and see what happened to that book. Because I never heard from the company again. But because remember, they had no way of reaching me. Once I left the Bahamas, I got married. I changed my name. I had a whole new life here in the U.S. Then I found them in colleges across the U.S. I tried to find a company. They were a very large publishing company, been around for 100 years, sold. It was so much trouble trying to find out what happened. I just decided, ah, let it go. As long as somebody is reading those and it's there in colleges. I'm good with it because it's always about putting words out there to encourage people um, to see life through the eyes of words and be positive. That's that's all my writing ever been about. What suddenly made you pick up and start moving again with the writing? The pandemic happened. Uh, I was working from home and there was just so much despair in the world. There was just like it, it was it was so sad to see what was going on. It was very sad. And I wanted to give hope. So I figured if I could write something and let people know there's more to life than just what we see. But I think what inspired me the most was when I watched on TV, I saw um, a lot of Americans being buried in this mass grave in New York because that's the way they have to bury them. And I was like, how powerful we are as a nation. And this one thing brought us to our knees. I never thought I would live in my lifetime to see something so horrible. You're not alone there. Yes. And that that and that moment still stuck in my head. They had this mass barrel for people in New York and it was, you know, unmasked grave. There were no names, no nothing. There was just bodies being shot. And it was so sad. I just, you know what? People need hope. Um, and I'm like, let me let them know there's a whole lot of life. There, there, God exists. For me, it does. I, other people may believe otherwise. And there's so much more to life. So I started writing. That book took me two weeks to write, the first one. The first one that I wrote, it took me two weeks. And then I waited for a year and I decided, let me do another one, kind of like a follow-up. And I just start writing and I just couldn't stop writing. And I did the second one, the story of Echo. And it's really, it's kind of funny. I call it science fiction, which is in some of it, if you talk about planetary um, and travels and alien. But the truth is that little girl is actually me. Virgin is a character. Um, I named the book after my daughter, my first daughter. Um, her name is Virginie, so I call it Virgil Linda. The first book was just called Virgil Linda and the Diary of Souls. I follow up with the Diary of Souls with the study of Echo. The Diary of Souls really talk about us as humans in and two different worlds and the discovery and her path, her, her psychic journey through life. And then I followed it up a year later with Echo. Like, how did we get here? We are an alien race. And and I and I talk about her love life also in that story, but all those stories are actually true. I just didn't want anyone to tie me to being a psychic, someone weird. Um, so for me, my life journey was just giving back to people that we're living in such an uncertain time where we're not sure about anything anymore if the world will exist. And I want people to know not only did this exist millions and millions and millions of years ago, 
it will continue no matter what we go through. So I figured if I could write my life story and somewhat call it fiction, people will catch on eventually. So why don't you give me, you know, what's the first book about? Um, a little girl that was born in, and I give it a whole other um, country and island, a little girl that was born very, very gifted. Well, she believed her gift happened simply because of an accident as a child. Like she died as a child and somehow she was left on earth um, by angels. And the angels, the angel, when he came, to, when the angel came to collect her, um, someone in heaven told them to leave her, I guess, for whatever their reasons is later on in life. So her journey through life hasn't been easy for her because she has always been gifted from she was a child. She's learned that early, early in life, and she's learned how to use her ability to survive and manipulate this world, but she's always just wanted to be normal. But it's never been easy for her. She's never been normal. It's never been easy. She's had problem with love. She's had problem with relationships. Um, but she still figure out ma- she still figure out how to maneuver through life. She can do amazing things with her gifts, but she chooses not to. She chooses not to use it for personal gain, but instead to help others without them even knowing she's helping. What exactly are her gifts? Oh, she's a visionary. She can dream um, and see the future and sometimes manipulate her visions to the way she wanted. But she's she's not a selfish person. She's not out to make money and be rich. She just want to hide in the shadows and, and try to alter the very fabric of things just so the world has a chance to go on. And just like with love, the problem with her is she has never been able, because it, it doesn't matter, because she can see the future, she can see things, she can sense things about people. Um, she never let her husbands know. They, they figure it out. They knew eventually, but they never know the depth of how much she's capable of until she always walk away from them, whether it's someone she loved or someone she's in a rela- or someone she got married to. Eventually, she started to realize she can't change people. She can't change the world. So she became a reclusive and just decided to stay by herself. That's sad. So do we pick up from there in the second book? Yes. Well, the second book, um, Take a Look at the World, it's like she knew um, not only can she see the future now, she can see many years into the future. So she already know what's coming, what war will come, who will who who will be the actors, who won't be the actors. She's very careful to stay private so no one will know, but somehow she gets the information out there to the right people. The problem is now she decided, I am going to put it out there because the world is in such chaos. Let me to let them know that not only does God exist, angels walk the earth, we are an alien race been here for millions and millions and millions of years and this is how we develop there was a there's going to be a third book to that but that's i don't want to publish that till 2024 actually it could be published now but i decided let me slow down so so are you saying that we as humans are an alien race yes we'll find that out pretty soon though there's a mothership someplace out there (laughs) The Pentagon come out and said, there's actually a ship outside our airspace and everybody is going nuts right now. It's on the news. Not only do I identify there is a ship out there that's sending out small probes 
they have the nerve to come out and tell the entire universe about it. Now everybody is like, they don't know what to think, what to believe. I wouldn't have done it that way until I made contact with them, see what the hell then you tell people, but right now everybody's in a frenzy. But I see here it says Pentagon UFO chief says alien mothership in our solar system possible. Oh yeah. They may be visiting planets. Now did you predict this? Oh, I've always known they were there. They were there long before the Pentagon come out with it. I know they were out there. It's like two of them sitting out there. Not only can I see what goes on on Earth, I can see what goes on in other worlds. I just don't want people to know about me because I want to live a normal life. I have kids. I own a home. I got a real job. I help where I can, but I like my life nice and quiet. The books, that's why I made the books fiction. So when somebody come and ask me, I said, read the book. It's fiction. And every time I put out like a video or something, I always said, it's fiction. There's too many people out there predicting and people tend to predict, oh my God, the world is going to end. And then I have to say, no, the world doesn't end because it doesn't. So, so you, where do you leave us with this book? Ah, the last one that I'm writing is going to give people the roadmap to up to 2024, year 2,400 and... 2423. So you're looking way down the road. Oh yeah. I mean, in the year in the year 2070 there's a I was reading a book in a library and it says we in this century, the 21st century, we were considered idiots because of the things that we did. But it's like everybody's saying we're going to have nuclear war. I'm trying to tell them no we won't. We're not going to have nuclear war. That's good to know. No. Will the Ukraine be victorious? <sighs> How should I say? Russia will not win that war. They were never meant to win that war. They were meant to start the war they wish they shouldn't have started. So as far as Ukrainian being um, victorious, the war will go on for another, maybe another year and a half. Okay. After that, after that, Putin will die. He has cancer. He's very sick. He's definitely on the out. He's on the out. But there's going to be a change. Everything is going to turn around and kind of change, but it's not a win. It's not a win and it's not a loss. Okay. It's a, it's an understanding. So you're telling me that you don't want people to think you're crazy. And by telling people you're a people. visionary, you, you know, you, you say, well, my books are about a visionary and they're fiction. So how do you get people to read your books? Uh, because people like fiction. Nobody likes the truth. <laughs> the truth, people cannot handle the truth, but they can handle fiction. But you're telling me right now that what you're saying is the truth. I know. You saw the mothership before the Pentagon admitted it was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, uh, it, actually, it, it's not one mothership, it's two of them. I could tell them about what, not only what those ships are like, who is on it and what they want, but why would I want to put myself out there when I have kids to raise? Okay, so how do you sell your books? How do you promote them? I don't know. The books, you want to hear something which is really weird? The books, yeah. were, the books were never meant to really make me rich. I wanted to put that information out there to keep these people from committing genocide, to keep them from, how should I say, um, actually putting off, sending off a nuke. The purpose of the book was not to make me rich. The purpose of the book was to get the right people to read it, understand it, because... People will believe fiction. They're like, oh, it's just like, it's the same as you never seen God, but you believe in God. You never seen right. Satan, 
believe in Satan. So you put something out and then things start to happen. People will say, oh, yeah, she mentioned that. My purpose was to manipulate these people and not come in nuclear war. That was just that was that was the only reason. Other than that, I would have just stayed hidden in the corner right where I was because they are crazy. I mean, nobody wins in a nuclear war. Putin know he lost that war the minute he start murdering people and people are taking videos and he killing women and children. That war was lost and he should have did it. He should have taken a survey um, before he even started a war and realized he was going to lose. Because remember now, a lot of Russians are Ukrainians. Correct. And a lot and of vice versa. are Russian. So they're killing their brother and sister. So here is how it worked out. What was your brother and sister today will become Russia? Right now, there is a, um, how should I say, there is something going on where they're trying to just eliminate him anyway. He's out of the picture. They're just killing each other. See, his purpose for going into Ukraine was to have a bigger foot so he can be a bully. He's not going to accomplish that. But the bottom line is, I don't want anybody to say, oh, my God, she not only can see the future, she can tell, she can alter it. That is not my purpose. My purpose is I have grandchildren and two American children. Is it two, three? Three American children. And I'll be damned if these crazy-ass people are going to ruin this planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you sure are one interesting woman. I will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not really worried about selling a book, but you're pretty confident you're going to get your books in the hands of the people who need to read it. Oh, they got it already. <laughs> All right, Sheridan. Thank you so much. And we hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm Alice Stockton-Rossini. We hope to see you back here every Saturday night at 8 o'clock or listen to our podcast anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, just to name a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House House online bookstore where independent new authors come first.